0: All right, Golf Addicts, you're in for a good show tonight. We are going to break down and recap the Masters. A couple of hot takes, a couple of good thoughts. We're going to try and not give you the same thing everybody else is giving you about the Masters. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. It's going to be good. Then we're going to get into the RSM Classic, tell you who we like in DFS, who we don't like, our betting picks for the week. Pat is going to eat paper because he he said Bryson DeChambeau wouldn't clear the trees on 13 at Augusta, which he did. It's a fun episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. If you're like, what the H is Monkey Knife Fight? Well, it's a fantasy game, pretty much legal everywhere. So, And we started playing it a few weeks ago. By the way, my picks are three for four on Monkey Knife Fight over the last few weeks, making a ton of money over there. In fact, I'm making more money there than I am DraftKings. If you go to monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you do get a deposit bonus of at least $50 when you deposit $50 or more. Check that out, monkeyknifefight.com. It's basically a props fantasy game. The good news is you're not competing against other fantasy players. You're not competing against sharps. You're just competing against the props that Monkey Knife Fight sets out. And even better news is they're not great at picking golf props. They're really focused on the NFL right now. So you can do NFL, you can do NBA, you can do Major League Baseball over there. But right now, the golf stuff is where the money is at. So check it out. Sign up today, MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Promo code TourJunkies to get that deposit bonus. And if you're not a member of the Nut Hut, we're in there every night, every week, talking about our favorite Monkey Knife Fight plays. And again, I'm three for four, making a bunch of money on that site. So check it out. Let's get into the podcast. Enjoy. You gotta have a special guest, DFS, DB and them long shots. Oh, yeah. From the custard to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. kids and bus, catch a, a lass, sip last. some rose, lay with Pat. To a, to a, to a, to a junkies. What's going on, golf addicts, the tour junkies coming at you. I'm DB, I got my boy Pat Perry with me. <clears throat> coming off the Masters, coming off the Masters, there's always a Masters hangover. Now, this year, always. it's a little different because, you know, we, we, we didn't have, we weren't there. You know, there were no patrons, so we weren't there. It was We didn't party like we normally do, slightly different. Um, so maybe a little less hangover, but we're here to talk about, we're going to do a little Masters recap, um, try not to cover everything that you probably could go listen to a hundred other places, so we'll make it quick. Then we're gonna get into the RSM Classic with our DFS and picks. Gonna try to make that quick as well. Have a good show tonight. I'm excited, Pat. I've got some Wild Leap and Cranberry tonight in my in oh, my nice. cups, but I'm doing the light Cranberry. It's and it's actually the this new sparkling Cranberry. It's got a little got a little fizz to it. It's very good. Um,
1: I do not have uh, any. You wild Got a leap brewski? Tonight. A Little beer tonight from a. Uh... Georgia Brewing Company uh, in Athens, Georgia. Creature Comforts.
0: Fantastic company Good
1: beer here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take it a little easy, just sip on a beer tonight.
0: Yes, uh, we're going to get into that because you're going to be sipping on something else here in just a little bit. Um, That's right. Mm -hmm. You know what, man? It was a good week. DJ winning the Masters uh, for the first time, blowing away the field, setting the tournament record grabbing paulina's arse on the way mm. off the 18th green um it was it was a good it was a good tournament dj loved to see him win it you know here's the thing i was thinking about this and i feel like i should say this i actually like dj you know i i do i i have gone on record now we've we've done close to 300 podcasts by now maybe more i don't know i've never counted and and i probably have a handful of those where i've made fun of dustin johnson for being kind of dumb and but at the end of the day i like him i actually like him and and i think he i do believe that he's smarter than he lets on i think sometimes he likes to play it that way um i don't think he's smart but i think he's smarter than maybe what i've what i've given him credit for through the years but i like dj you know, and I and I like to see him win. I like to see him get the green jacket. I think he's a worthy champion. Um, I love to see the emotion that he showed at the end of it. It was good to see some of that. I love the way he. I, I, nobody really. I didn't see a lot of people talking about this, but I love that he just tapped in on 18. That he just he didn't mark his ball. You know, <laughs> literally every other player in the field would have marked their ball, let Sung Jae, you know, and, and answer finish up, so they could get their dramatic final shot you know, but DJ's like, F it, this is a six inch putt. Like I'm going to go ahead and walk up there and knock it in, which I love that. I love the way he plays it. Um, it. It's somewhat contrarian. He's fast. He, he, he plays golf fast, which I love. So it was, it was good to see. Um, now I do have a hot Paulina take, if I may. Pat.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And I will going DJ some more, but you, you know, Paulina. Well, just... we, can,
0: we can go back and forth. Me and Ben Little were talking about this a little bit last night. Hot take, like, from, like, Paulina's face, not that great. I think I think it's kind of – I think it's a little overrated. I think her face is – it's a little too much Wayne in there. A little too much Wayne Gretzky. Um, just – that's just my opinion. I'm just – you know, I was – obviously they had her all over the place. So you couldn't help but see her. And I'm just – I'm just not – I don't know. I think she kind of – I think she kind of looks like a fish. Um, I don't wow. know. I'm just – just in the face. I, I don't know a if I would go that Just far. a little fishish in the yeah, face. Yeah, I don't
1: know if I'd go that far. But, okay. I mean
0: – I said it was a hot take.
1: It is very hot. I mean, it's scorching hot. I think if you take Wayne – if you've never seen Wayne, which most people have, I guess, you, you, you could kind of take that out of the picture – I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I'm probably opposite your, your take there. I, I'm, I'm fine with her.
0: Okay. Um, DJ, 34% owned in the Millie maker. Huh? In terms of DFS, it was not a good week for me. I got to be honest. Um, and what's crazy is every single player that I had exposure to in DFS betting monkey knife fight, Everything I every player that I had exposure to made the cut now. Obviously, a lot of a high percentage of players made the cut uh, with a T50 and ties in a field of 93 or whatever it ended up being. You had 25% ish were six, uh, had six of six in terms of DFS lineups on average. So there's a lot of a lot of six of six lineups, but I, you know, I went with the contrarian, you know, playing the playing the numbers game and I faded the most popular players, including DJ, Xander Shawfle, Jason Kokrak. Two of those three were good fates. Um, DJ, not a good fade because basically the way he scored, if you didn't have DJ in your DFS lineups, you likely did not cash um, as he was so high owned. But, yeah, you know, he should have been I mean, high on for a reason. He was chalked for a reason. Sometimes, sometimes – eating the chalk pays off. Sometimes fading the chalk pays off. This is an example. I went back and looked at it and I'm like, you know what? I had a good process. I had really good low owned, uh, uh, pivots. I had my, I was way overweight on Corey Connors in the 6k range. He was like my, my low end guy that i paid up for. I had plenty of Rory and Justin Thomas. Um, you know, I, I just, I just said, okay, I got to do something with DJ here. What am I doing? And I decided to just not eat the chalk and cross my fingers and hope. And it didn't, it didn't work out. So.
1: Yeah, it was kind of similar for me. I mean, I ended up with a few different guys. I had a lot of Brooks and I liked where I was with him and, and he had a good week, but I had hardly any DJ and it just, it didn't pan out for me, but you know, whatever. I mean, is yeah. what it is. It's not always going to work out. But uh, I did do good on the uh, the Thrive stuff. You know, we talked about Thrive a little bit, I think, on, on some social media posts. Uh, they, they have some interesting games over there, and I, I did pretty well there. But
0: Yeah, you've been cleaning it up over there. I've been cleaning up on Monkey Knife Fight. I, I did well there. Um, we nailed some of the fades. We, we actually really did a good job with the fades on the show. I mean, our picks weren't bad. Um, we faded Terrell Hatton, who missed the cut, who ended up on Saturday – right after he finished his second round on Saturday morning, came to Champions Retreat where I was playing and ended up playing right behind me. And poor Hatton continued to struggle even on, cha- even on Champions Retreat. I tweeted a video of him, like, letting go of the club halfway through the swing because he's mad at a drive on cha- at Champions. It's pretty funny. Um, we faded Colin Morikawa, who finished 44th. Jason Day missed the cut. Matthew Fitzpatrick was a fade, finished 46th. We nailed... Low Canadian Corey Connors, low Aussie, Cam Smith, you were all over. Chalk Bomb, Chalk Bomb Ben, Jason Kokrak, the first timer at 20 plus percent. It should have faded him. He missed the cut, so we hit that pretty nicely. Um, Yeah, there were some first timers that surprised me. Um, Sung JM was just absolutely methodical. All week, um, but CT yeah. Pan was a big shocker for me. That was a name that I did not expect to see at all. Um, you no, know, he Pan. did come
1: up in the Nut Hut, some though. And I noticed, well, of course, uh, he did.
0: Everybody comes up in the every, nut That hut. is true. Everybody, everybody comes... came up in the Nut Hut.
1: Yeah, everybody comes up. But I do know there were some people that were on him and that played them. Um, Sebastian Munoz, he was another guy I was on. And if you, you know, yeah. he had a couple blow-up holes on Sunday, but you take those, I think he had two doubles in a row, but you take those out, he has a pretty high finish. And uh, he's a first-timer, but he showed all the signs of having the game, to, you know, the form, the the right game to play well there. And he showed up pretty good. I, I think the interesting to me, the, the, the one guy I noticed on a lot of winning GPP lineups was Cam Champ. And if you looked at his... And you talked about this a lot with Bryson last week. If you looked at what Cam Champ did, I think he finished six under. So, whatever, top 20 maybe. But he scored a ton. I mean, he had, like, 19 birdies, a couple eagles, you know. So, he was – you know, you take out, you know, all the bobies he had, I mean, he he would have been right up there. But yeah. um, I thought that was interesting when you looked at this week. Not necessarily how they finished was what – you know, I mean, they he scored a ton of points. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you still had – you had M and, and C.T. Pan, two first-timers in the top ten. You had another four in the top 25. So, six total first-timers in the top 25, which, you know, we had Charles Howell on the show, talked about how first-timers could probably do a little better this year, and I think that was – that was on display. Um, and the course, for sure, just played – played a lot different. I mean, I, it just played so soft. We had so much rain Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And, and even Thursday morning with the delay, it, it just played. It was just a really, really soft golf course. So these guys just pounded it. I mean, there, there were so many up and downs that especially on Sunday between Cam Smith and Sung J.M. that when they made contact and the ball's in the air, I'm like, that ball is not stopping. And then it, and then it would stop, you know? Um, I, obviously that's not how Augusta wants it to be played, but there's only so much you can do when mother nature takes over there. Um, now, you did have – you did have Tiger. I think we've got to talk about Tiger, who just committed to the wrong wind there, Pat. Just <laughs> just committed to the wrong wind on, yeah. on 12 on Sunday, recorded a 10. But in true Tiger fashion, birdied like, what, four or five of the ne- next holes? I mean, he got of back to red figures.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, he birdied – he birdied five of his last six holes, which is incredible. And it's, you know – if you think about it, yes, the 10 was terrible, and everybody wants to talk about that. But the way he bounced back from that shows you a lot about Tiger Woods. He didn't quit. He didn't – you know, you didn't see him, like, sulking around and doing whatever. I mean, it's, it's like a, a lesson you could teach kids. It's like – I was just about to did say, it. did you
0: already teach, like, Harrison this earlier today? So now you're just using me. I showed it a me. video
1: that made him sit down and watch all those the, – <laughs> the 10 and then what happened after the 10. I, no.
0: Yeah,
1: but I, I, just I will think say –
0: I told Collins, who, who on the golf course can get pretty down on himself after one bad hole or something or even a bad shot. I'm like, dude, Tiger Woods just made a 10 on a par three. He's like, oh, what? I said, he made a 10 on a par three. He couldn't believe it. I was like, if he can do it, then you can do it, and you're not going to get pissed about it. So it's definitely yeah. so many dads across America with teachable moments there, thanks to, thanks to Eldrick. But um, he scored a lot. And I, I talked about him on the show last week. I, I felt like DraftKings, if he came in under the radar, he'd be a sneaky play. Um, and I think it would have, you know, he's like 7% owned, 6% owned. You could add some leverage there with Tiger. Um, but you know, we've talked about just, you know, we talked about a lot of people except the big golfer, Mm. Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. Now I, I can't stand him even more now. I did end up playing Bryson in DFS. Um, he did score. He didn't score to the to the extent that I needed him to score, but he, he did. He barely sneaks in on and makes the cut, snuck in on the line. But uh, most notably, Pat, he he drove the he cleared the trees and drove cut the corner on number thirteen, which on this very podcast over the weekend you said that if Bryson DeChambeau. Can clear old man yells at Cloud. If Bryson DeChambeau clears the, the trees, I will eat my course preview. I'll eat I'll eat the paper my course previews on. And literally as soon as it happened, I believe on Saturday, maybe or maybe it was Friday.
1: It happened as, Saturday, uh because he had to complete his round.
0: This was his third round Saturday.
1: No, I thought he did in the second round.
0: Uh, okay. So anyway, it happened on Saturday. As soon day as it happened, the the Twitter, the thank you to the tour, the tour junkie faithful on Twitter, the nut hut discord notifications were, were blinging going off, you know, Hey, it's, it's time. It, Pat has to eat the paper. It's, it's done. Yeah, I, knew um, it was coming.
1: I, in the first, the first time you played 13, I was looking at it and I was like, okay, I will say, I do think if those teas are back 10 yards further, there's an overhanging tree. If you watch the video, I watched, Three of his shots on, on thirteen. There's if you're back, which I think he was on the first day, you can't clear because there's a tree that overhangs. But the first day he just tried to t- take it out and, and draw it, and he just blew it out way right. The second day the tees are up, and you can. I knew it as soon as I saw it. I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh shit, here it goes." Because I could tell you could see the angle, you could see the line. I was like, "He can clear that for sure." Where the where the tees were. <laughs> And sure enough, he takes it straight yeah. over that line. I think he even saw the the picture that I put in the nut hut of the line that I wanted. You think
0: somebody in the nut hut take. reported that to him?
1: Because it literally was on that exact line.
0: It was probably strike lightning. Um. <laughs> strike so, lightning. so what do you what do you got for us, buddy? What do you got for us? Let's. let's so see I have what to you, paper plan.
1: I have to eat paper, so I have to eat the course history. So, in true Bryson form. Yeah, Bryson likes his protein shakes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have this old style blender. You can tell I don't make a lot of protein shakes. It's
0: an old style blender.
1: <laughs> and uh, I'm going to make a paper, uh, a Bryson paper shake. So okay. I've got the course history in here.
0: Oh, you, you got the see, whole thing in there.
1: Look at that. You can't even see r- writing on it. Wow, that's perfect. I'm eating the whole damn thing. I'm eating the whole damn thing. Hey,
0: I, I admire that. What else are you putting in there?
1: Glad you ask i have some frozen mixed berries
0: okay yeah that's good
1: i don't, I don't ever make smoothies but i feel like that could be something that's good. yeah smoothie. you got to
0: do that yeah i would put more in there than maybe it sounds like you literally put two berries in there oh okay okay okay
1: so i already have a little bit of a water base and i don't have any protein so i bought this it is kind of cheating a little bit i, I bought this shake this protein okay. shake yeah thing. yeah yeah so we're gonna use that we're gonna make it with that
0: that's not cheating you got so, some uh metamucil metamucil in there to keep your regular buddy yeah, I, I know i should that's... put
1: some wild leaf in there but i feel like that might I'm gonna put a little ice in there i got my masters 2020 cup here yeah okay i think that's all i got all
0: that there oh oh how many people are we going to get complaining of the blender sound
1: Sorry, right, look hey you need to cover if your you're ears, sensitive
0: so to blender sounds skip 30 done. seconds
1: all right so here we go one I'm, i'll count it down so all you sensitive ear people out there won't get mad here we go. one two three Oh, did you do it great for, for podcast listening
0: i yeah, didn't hear stir
1: it. A little bit.
0: i actually think that that's going to i mean people in the in the youtube chat are asking if it's worse than the the ranch water shot there's no way i mean there's good flavors in there it's just paper but the paper will be shredded the the ranch water shot is absolutely disgusting no oh, that looks delicious now we got to make sure the paper doesn't like collect at the bottom there
1: well i mean i'm gonna do some paper in there can
0: can you see the paper at all or is it is it all
1: you can't really see it there's some in here i can i can see it there's i'm gonna trust
0: you i'm gonna trust you you did put the whole sheet of paper in there which i respect i i gotta be honest i kind of thought there was gonna be like some just some torn off pieces and you were gonna but i bet that's pretty good you're not even tasting the paper yeah, you taste the paper. <laughs> what if tomorrow? What if tomorrow you 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 go to the bathroom and you you drop a load and you turn around and you look at it, and all you see in all you see is a little sliver of paper that says Bryson. Mm. You know,
1: it'll just make me even more angry that he. Look, I gotta give him, give him credit. Did you see anybody else try what he did?
0: no But he still lost to Bernhard Langer. So, um, you know what? I got to say, I was a little – I kind of felt like Bryson – it was a little disappointing to me. I I felt like the hype – and obviously everybody's going to talk about – you know, he said it was a par 67, blah, blah, blah. Um,
1: There's definitely paper in this, by the way.
0: But, like, okay, the talk about him hitting it through 13 fairway into 14 fairway, he didn't even come close to that. No. I don't even think I don't think he could have come close. maybe it was the soft conditions. maybe he felt like if it was running a little bit he could get there. but some of the some of the balls he hit I'm like, that's not i mean it was like three forty or three you know it wasn't that big a deal. Rory was hitting was moving him out there pretty good. Rory looked pretty sharp, man. I mean day one really sucked for him, but Rory was one that I had him in dFs. I was paying attention to him. i mean he god, if not for that first round, he would have just he could have he could have been right there with DJ, but he was swinging it so 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 good those last three A's. He is one that I'm really I'm really interested in come April. I want to take uh, note of a few names because um, I, I already looked at a, a couple prop Masters 2021 bets uh, on Points Bet, which if you are in a legal state where Points Bet is allowed, I believe that's New Jersey, Illinois, Indiana. Maybe Colorado, uh, you can use promo code TJ250 to get you a deposit bonus when you sign up. TJ250 on points bet. Um, but Xander, I noticed. Now, Xander was pretty chalk, did not play great. Um, we were betting him at 16 to 1. I think he got down to 14 to 1 at some point to, uh, close to Thursday. He's, he's at 20 to 1 right now on points bet for 2021. You know, I I still think Xander's a a prime candidate to to win at Augusta at some point. Um, Definitely had an off week. Not sure why. I haven't really dug into it. But, you know, I I think Xander can contend at Augusta, as he already has outside of this this past week. But 20 to 1, I don't see that number getting a whole lot shorter up until 2021. I think it's going to go right back to where it was. Uh, A name that we're going to see, a couple names we're going to see this week that weren't here in 2020, but Harris English is is out there at 90 to one. Georgia boy, playing really well right now. Great iron player, great short game. Uh, 90 to one's an interesting number. Corey Connors, I mean, or or actually, we I should yeah. say uh, Rory Bonners is the name he's been given in the Nut Hut because you know our our boy AC has been putting out rules. Right, we got we got rules in the Nut Hut, and one of the rules is you don't start screenshotting and victory lapping before the tournament's over and so you can't jinx a player you know by bringing them up too early and that apparently that happened with Corey Connor. so he was quickly renamed Rory Bonners so anyway he's 100 to 1 you know just finished top 10 at Augusta he's gotten increasingly better Missed cut first time 45th I think his second time and then a top 10 just now I definitely think uh he's got the ball striking ability to do it Dylan Fratelli, who everybody saw a lot of, yeah. you know, had a chance. He's hundred to 1, 2021. I, I gotta say, I did I didn't know this. You know, we interviewed Fratelli this year. Nice guy, good guy, kind of odd, but um had no idea the length that he had added. I mean, I didn't think he was a short player, but a you know, 46 inch driver. You know, he's hitting the 46 inch driver, um, hitting it a long way, which is obviously good for Augusta. And it's South Africans, they just do well at Augusta. You know, he's 100 to 1 on points bet. And then finally, another name I'm sure we're going to talk about here shortly, another Georgia boy, Russell Henley, at 150 to 1 right now. I mean, you talk about Augusta National being a second shot golf course. Right now, probably the hottest iron player on the planet. You could make a case is Russell Henley. Just from, from an iron play standpoint, since the restart, Russell Henley has been fantastic. You know, will that continue for another four months? five months, I guess. I I don't know. But 150 to one on points bet. It's not a bad number as you look ahead to masters 2021. How's that? Uh, you got some paper stuck in your teeth.
1: Man. There's a, when I saw it shredded up, I thought I was like, okay, this might be a piece of cake. There's a lot of paper in here. I guess when you shred a whole course preview though, that there's going to be a lot of paper in here. Have you, you googled what it.
0: happens to paper in your like in your body, in your gut?
1: Yeah, I actually googled it yesterday. Um, there is there's act there is a um, a condition. Um,
0: yeah, people eat paper.
1: People eat paper. It's yeah. called um, something. I can't remember what it's called
0: paper eating dumb asses condition. But anyway,
1: I read a lot about eating paper, and apparently it's not very harmful to you. A little i'm a little worried about the ink and everything that was on there but
0: um <laughs> I, I don't know why this made guess. me this made me think about it you your um, pontificate this week so if you're not subscribing to the chalk bomb you definitely should it's the best email that could come to your inbox every single week on a wednesday and it was full of information this week for the masters but part of the chalk bomb is just the very last section and it is meant only to entertain and it is pontificate with Pat where Pat just puts his thoughts on paper. And one of the ones that really got me laughing this week, and it may be what we have to do to you if the paper, uh, you know, doesn't react well, is you just have to hear Pat saying this. So when I read the chalk bomb, I always read it in Pat's voice. And I read it in Pat's voice and I try to, turn on my, the Pat side of my brain of how he would think or how he would look at this. So this is how, <clears throat> you know, every year we, we always get to see several old past champs teed up at the masters. and that got me thinking about the phrase, put him out to pasture has such a negative connotation to it. I mean, I wouldn't mind being put out to pasture that I could just wander around and eat stuff all day with no care in the world. That doesn't really seem all that bad. <laughs> Oh, that is such an old man thing to say. I mean, it's true. And then I I laughed at, can anyone tell me what the hell the escape button actually does on a keyboard?
1: (laughs) I still don't know. I still, I even, I wrote that because it popped in my head and I started doing things, trying to figure out what the escape button does. And it, like, I was like, all right, I'm on this internet page. Or I I was in. I was writing the article. I was like, I'm going to hit escape. Is it going to take me out of here? Is it going to make me? Is it going to escape back to the home page? It doesn't do anything.
0: I I have. I have one time that I use the escape button, and it is when I go to screenshot something on a Mac, and I do it wrong, or I decide I don't want to screenshot it, and then you can hit escape to get out of it. That is literally the only time I use it.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just it's like traditionally been on a keyboard and so they still keep it there. But yeah, because the people that the escape button fans would freak out if their keyboard did not have an escape button on there, even though it may not have any use whatsoever. Hmm. Um, I'll give you a few takes here before. Yeah, before Please Rory do. to me was was interesting because it's like he just flipped the switch all of a sudden on day two because he finished in the morning on Friday. Um, or he, well, he, he played Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. With, the, with Damn, the it's
0: like, geez, Roy, like flip the switch I Wednesday mean, night, Monday yeah. night.
1: It's, and he even said it. They interviewed him twice, and he, both times he really alluded to the point that, that he just mm. he comes into that tournament. And he admitted that he comes into the Masters feeling that pressure, which worries you a little bit, but then he takes it off of him after he shoots a damn 75 or whatever he shot, and then he just lights out the rest of the way that bothers me like and I love Rory I want him to win this tournament so bad but you got to play well on Thursday he's got to I and mean, then he does this in more major you know not just in the Masters he does it a lot of time. Um so that's frustrating with me and so hopefully he learned a little bit here with this one and maybe we'll see what happens um, Bryce and I agree was disappointing I, I can't say I didn't expect it though I mean I kind of alluded to it on the podcast as well but there's a chance that he comes into this tournament with all this hype and all this talk, and he's going to bomb it all over the place, that he's going to get himself in trouble off the tee and shoot some higher scores. And that's what he did. I mean, he, now I'll say this, I think his ownership was less than I thought it was going to be. And I may be more willing now, I may be more willing now to play him in 2021 than I was this year because I'm wondering what people will think. Well, will, will. the hype will go away a little bit, depending on what he does between now and then. And, and if he dominates between now and then, then, it'll be right back where it was, but it'll be interesting to see what people's takes are on Bryson going into next year's Masters. But, um, and going back to DJ, you know, we talk about his, his personal mentality that he kind of comes across as sort of dumb and whatever else, by the way he talks, some of the things he says, but he's very smart on the golf course. I mean, he hit his driver when he needed to and hit it well. He dialed it back when he needed to. Um, Yeah, he he did all the things that you need to do. That is smart golf, and so I think that should be. You know, he he needs to get credit for that for sure. And um, just because it was an easier course and all that kind of stuff, I don't. I can't really take much away from him. He dominated the field and. I'll be interested to see what the national does between now and, and 2021 with the course. I mean, obviously you can't, the, the weather was a factor, made it a lot softer, but the course to me just didn't look, it just, it didn't have that spring feel to it anyway.
0: Well, no, it looked how weird was it to fluffier. see brown grass?
1: Yeah. That was so weird. It just so looked weird. fluffier. I don't know how to, how to say it another way, but like there was, it, it was just, it just looked just too soft when you just, I mean, just, the visual effects of everything. And so I, I think it'll obviously play a lot harder in April, but we'll see. You get a lot of rain and may not.
0: <clears throat> Man. Um, all right. Well, that's enough about the Masters. You know, it was, it was, it was a good week. I was glad to glad to have it. Better than nothing. Game Day was cool. Um, but damn, dude. I hope we have patrons in 2021. It just was not it was not great. It was not great at all. It was very, very strange. Very, very strange. Um, yeah, but here we go. Yeah. Hopefully the masters figure something out. Hopefully they figure it out. Let's get into this, Pat. Are you, uh, you sucking down the rest of that smoothie? Or are you going to, you going to pour the rest of that stuff in there? Or what are you going to do? My plan is to
1: finish this whole cup here. Okay. And Smoothies are a good
0: breakfast item by the way, but, uh, you know, I, I have discovered something recently, Pat. I think, in fact, we both have um, a new breakfast cereal. Yeah, me and you both cereal fans. Now, I try. I, I have, for the longest time, tried not to eat a lot of cereal lately, as I've been. You know, you, you got you got DB 2.0. Right, I've been in the gym and trying to get get cut down a little bit, get in better shape you eat breakfast, you eat cereal at night, probably at like 1 a.m. because, or in like a bag of chips. Cause you're like this incredible late night snacker guy. Uh, but I, you know, we've, we've recently stumbled across magic spoon and it's a new cereal that is actually healthy for you. It's, it's legitimately a healthy cereal, which is hard to believe, you know, I mean, even the even the 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 cereals that are supposed to look healthy or be healthy are actually not when you get down and you start looking at it. Magic spoon cereal, zero grams of sugar, eleven grams of protein, probably as much as in your protein shake right there, and only three net grams of carbs per serving. They got four flavors, cocoa, they have fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I actually really enjoy the frosted flavor. I'm a big frosted flakes guy when I was, you know, back in the day but now I, I don't eat it because it's got too much sugar in it. Well, Magic Spoon has a frosted flavor. It's delicious. Tastes great. Uh, it's keto friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low carb, and GMO-free. It's just fantastic. You know, I guess now, Pat, that, you know, the world is starting to realize what a physical specimen I've turned myself into over the mm. last year. Well, now we have sponsors coming out, you know, that are that are health conscious, that are that are fitness conscious. And- they say, Hey, we want, we want the tour junkies here, you know, uh, to help promote the product. So magic spoon has come out. We appreciate magic Spoon supporting the show. You can go to magicspooncom tour junkies to grab a variety pack. Try it out today. Be sure to use promo code tour junkies at checkout. You get free shipping and they're confident in the product Pat. they are backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, they'll refund your money and they say no questions asked. We're not saying no questions asked they're saying no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash tour junkies. Use promo code tour junkies when you check out for free shipping. Pat, what's your favorite, uh, magic spoon flavor, cocoa, fruity, frosted, or blueberry.
1: I'm a blueberry fan. I like it. The
0: you frosted
1: isn't bad though.
0: I like frosted. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks to magic spoon. And that'll take us right into the course of breakdown, the magic course breakdown for the rsm classic from st simon's island at lovely sea island resort right down the street from you in joja on the golden coast we were there last year pat as members of the media not there this year because covid just f's everything up and we just felt like you know what who cares we should be there though it's actually a really strong field we got a lot of guys moving over from the masters probably the strongest field the rsm has seen in quite some time i would guess
1: yeah it's really good um Matter of fact, last year I got this fantastic shirt I'm wearing. Uh, it's an RS classic that, yes. shirt. Uh, rose wine glasses all over it. Uh, you can't really see that, but uh, anyway. So yeah, we are at Sea Island Golf Club this week, and you know, like we talked about, I don't know if we had any of these these type formats um, after the restart. Uh, most of them we see in the in the yeah we did not the winter, but um, we got two golf courses this week, so they will play the Seaside course for three days if they make the cut, and uh, they'll at least play one day on the plantation course. We'll start with the Seaside course. It is a par 70 playing just over 7,000 yards. It is a Fazio design, it is Bermuda grass from Tita Green, and pretty large greens out here and wide fairways. I mean, they they really aren't that difficult to hit, Um, but when you look at Seaside, I mean, it's kind of got that sort of links feel to it there's a you know it's it's open to all the elements wind can be a huge factor on this course and right now i'm seeing a lot of wind um, i could change but i've seen anywhere mm. from 15 to 20 mile per hour winds uh, this week uh, so that could be interesting so that one is definitely the the harder of the two courses but we still see a lot of scoring out here but a lot of that scoring is going to come on the plantation course whichever day they get it whether it's thursday or friday it is a par 72 just over 7,000 yards, so not very long for a par 72. It's a Davis Love design. Um, if you know anything about Davis Love, he's been in Sea Island for years, um, the whole family has. So uh, they are just just kind of a staple of Sea Island. Um, it's Bermuda grass as well from Tita Greens. You, you got four par fives here, three of them are reachable in two. Um, so it's, it's definitely important when you get on plantation that you score a lot. Um, and there's, but there's a lot of water on Plantation as well. I mean, it's, it's tree-lined. It's, you know, back off the sea a little bit so the wind won't be as a fa- much of a factor when they play Plantation. But, you know, it's still got that kind of classic Harbor Town-type feel with, with tree-lined fairways. Uh, it still should play, play pretty easy, though. And so I think that when you're looking at the just both courses this week, you look at the scores out here. I mean, we've had 19 under last year with Tyler Duncan, 19 under with Charles Howell. Austin Cook 21, McKenzie Hughes 17, Kiz in 2015 was 22 under. So you got to score out here. We're going to see double digits win easily like we just did actually the Masters. For me, I'm looking at form as always do course history. I'm going to look at some putting on Bermuda approach is one of my favorite stats this week, as well as scrambling and opportunities gained. So, There you go. Uh, By the way, we have 156 players this week in this field. So one of the bigger fields we've had in a while.
0: Yeah, I I think the wind is definitely, look, you mentioned it. I mean, you're looking at it right now as of Monday night we're recording. it, It looks rather breezy out there for the boys on Sea Island which I think definitely is going to make it play more difficult than average because you're right. Normally it is a like middle of the road to on the easier side of the 40 something, 50 something courses they play on the PGA tour every year. Um, But I I definitely think if that wind kicks up like that, Sea Island can have some teeth. And I mean, that's one reason why the fairways and greens are are wider, larger, easier to hit because the wind is really the primary defense of the golf course and the water obviously on plantation as well. And then some at seaside. So, Uh, You know, I'm looking for guys who are going to hit it in the center of the club face, right, ball strikers, guys who are not going to be spraying it all over the yard, that can control their distances. Um, And Bermuda is key here. The Bermuda grass here, the Bermuda greens here are extremely pure Bermuda. They are um, grainy. You gotta be able to read them. You gotta be able to putt on them. You gotta be able to chip off of them. They're grainy Bermuda. We talk so one of the things that we talked to Charles Howell about that we've not released yet. We're working on this right now. We're gonna interview probably two or three caddies and two or three PGA tour players. And we've already done a couple of them already. And we're just putting them in the hopper. We're asking them all similar questions. <clears throat> and a lot of the questions are about DFS game theory or betting theory, about approaching golfers and handicapping golf tournaments every week. And Um, questions that we all ask ourselves every single week when we're trying to handicap an event. Does this mean anything? Is this signal? Is this noise? Is this, am I overthinking this? Am I not thinking about this enough? Blah, blah, blah. We're going to ask all these guys the same questions and get their answers and compile. it. It's going to be really great. But we talked to Charles Howell about, you know, putting surfaces. And he said, yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal. And it it is not something you should ignore. And especially on surfaces like Bermuda and POA. Um, And he talked about, not all Bermuda surfaces are created equal. You know, one of the ones he talked about was the Players' Championship because we were talking about Siwoo Kim. And I was like, dude, Siwoo Kim, horrible Bermuda stats everywhere, you know, everywhere else you look. But he won the Players' Championship. And Charles said, well, the stuff at at the Players' Championship is not really true Bermuda. Like, it's not as grainy. They cut it really short. It almost behaves like a bent grass. But here at, at the RSM Classic, it is a grainy, pure Bermuda. So I think you got to have guys comfortable here. Obviously, you've got the Sea Island Mafia narrative. A ton of guys that either live here, practice out of here, have had a second home here. Um, but there's other angles. You have the Jones Cup, which is an amateur event. The SEC Championships has been played here a bunch. There's a bunch of names here that, that have competed and won in those. There's a ton of guys here with a lot of familiarity on Sea Island. But at the end of the day, if the wind's doing what it's doing, you got to have guys that are pure, pure iron players, pure wedge ball strikers that are going to control their distances, flight the ball, and then are very comfortable on Bermuda. And I think we get back to long shot season this week, buddy. I think we get back to long shot season. DJ obviously, uh, you know, ended up being the favorite by the time the Masters ended up kicking off on Thursday, tied with Bryson. But Tyler Duncan last year won at two hundred to one. The year Charles Howell won, we were all over him. Ended up giving away my putter because he won. Um, He was at 80 to one. Austin Cook the year before that was at 90 to one. Mackenzie Hughes was at 150 to one. Robert Strepp back in 2014 was like 200-something to one. So there's a lot of, you know, even though the field is stronger, we could see a long shot, you know, play well here. Um, I think greens and regulation is a huge deal as well. So approach play, greens and reg, comfortable on Bermuda. Those are all keys for me. And of course, all the stats brought to you by our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club. You can go to fantasynational.com slash TJ, get yourself 20% off the weekly, monthly, or annual subscription. Pat, let's get into this. DFS, we're going to give you three names over 9K that we like in tournaments, a name we like in cash and a fade. I'm going to try to make this snappy. I'm going to fade a guy who, in the wind, is probably pretty good. Low ball hitter, a lot of upside, and I actually believe he's a good value. But I'm not going to play him despite those things. I'm not playing Joaquin Neiman. Um, He's 141st in this field in strokes gained around the green on Bermuda. I think this is one of those weeks where if you look at around the green play and you look at putting, they need to be off Bermuda because it is a different ball game chipping and putting, or obviously we talked about putting, but chipping off of Bermuda is different too, especially here at Sea Island. He's 141st in chipping uh, around the green. He's 120th in putting on Bermuda um, over the last 50 rounds. He's 88th in fairways gained over the last 24 rounds, and he played here last year, finished tied for 65th, Not nothing great, and he's coming off of COVID. And, and I hate that he missed the Masters because of COVID, Um, but I think, you know, we've seen a little bit of a mixed bag when players come off of a COVID thing. Obviously, DJ just won. uh, Well, I guess he played Houston, played pretty well, but um, we've seen other players struggle coming off of COVID. I'm going to fade Joaquin Neiman here. I think the cash play is – I think you go a couple different ways here, but I'm going Harris English. Now, his tournament history here, not that great, but he has a lot of Sea Island ties and University of Georgia boy, but I went back and looked, and coming into this golf tournament over the last few years, he, is, he has looked like a totally different player. As good as Harris English is playing right now, I, I just see better things for him this year at the RSM Classic, so much so that I think he's a lock in cash. Love him in tournaments as well, but he's a lock in cash. Fourth at the U.S. Open most recently, 10th at the CJ Cup. Um, not a bad showing at the Zozo with a T28 either, but he's had a phenomenal season since the restart, checking a lot of boxes. Putts well on Bermuda, 9,700 for Harris English. I love it. In tournaments, I am going to go ahead and play Webb Simpson. No reason not to. Runner-up here last year to Tyler Duncan, lost in a playoff, finished third the, week be- or the year before, and, um, you know what? Can you say about how good Webb's played as well? Another another great finish at the Masters, a T ten at the Masters, T eight at the U.S. Open a, a few weeks back. Putts and chips on Bermuda like nobody's business. Hits a ton of fairways and greens in regulation. Scores on par fours. Love Webb here, and I'm going to play him at eleven 2 no problemo. Uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of chalk here too, and go with Harry, uh, Russell Henley. Um, I, I mean, ball striking. Bermuda play, um, form, history is good. Now, he's missed, the, he's missed the cut here the last two years. But, again, if you go back and look at how he looked leading up to the RSM Classic, he, he's looking like the ball striker, you know, th- that would not come here and, and trunk slam. Um, he's just playing so good. Now, the price is up there a little bit. 10-1 seems a little high for Russell Henley. I, I'm wondering if that will throw some people off. But I like him. I, I like him here. I like the way the ball striking is going right now. I'm going to continue to play the hot form, Russell Henley. And then I'm going to drop down. My last tournament play is going to be Sebastian Munoz, who you you talked about last week, um, finished 19th at the Masters. This guy's had another amazing, you know, I feel like saying season since the restart, because that's what it feels like um but he's just played so so well finished third here last year after missing the cut the first couple times checks the box and Bermuda scoring right or Bermuda putting and chipping right now hits enough fairways he's not super accurate but he hits plenty of fairways he's got a little bit of a of distance here too um but his iron play 21st and strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds greens and reg is good and I love the value at 9k so I'm gonna go Sebastian Munoz that's my 9k range
1: all right, well, I'll start there, then, since you have him. I actually like him in cash, so um, I, I think I can I play like him in tournaments as well. But I, I think in cash, you know, you're getting getting down to some good value there at 9,000. Then it's 30 year last year, so I like Sebastian Munoz there. Um, my fade's actually Henley. I don't really like the mm-hmm. price.
0: Yeah, the I price, like the too, price too does many. make me kind of go,
1: ugh. I, and I, I don't like really the two miscuts cuts in a row, but I hear you. I think that that is – that is Yeah, you know, I don't care as about as that like as his, much. His play going into the event. Um, he's 87th in the field in strokes game putting over his last 100 rounds in Bermuda. Um, everywhere else, though, he does check a lot of boxes. I mean, other than par five scoring, yeah. which you really can only look at par five scoring on plantation, not necessarily uh, the other course. I don't think it matters as much. but um, But I still – so I just – I wonder like you, like where his ownership is going to be. But if I get a high owned, which I think he might be Henley, I think I want to fade that.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, if I get like a 20, if I get a, I think like an 18 to 20 or more projected ownership on Henley and DFS at ten one, is probably a, a, if you're going by the book, I think it's a fade. If that happens, I'll probably be with you, but I do, I do like him. I mean, it, it'll be like, yeah, a, it'll form just be is good. where I'm playing the percentage here. Like, whereas like with Webb, I don't care what his ownership is. Like I'm going to go ahead and play Webb. I, I also feel like maybe I'm, I'm, um, I'm a little butthurt from missing out on chalk DJ last week um, that I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to play the chalk. Even if I, even if they're chalk, if I love him, I'm playing them. But I definitely feel better about doing that with Webb than I do Russell.
1: Yeah. I mean, Web was my other GPP play that I have. I, I like him a lot, and I like Sung Jm too. I like literally the, the top two guys right there. Sung J at eleven thousand, Web at eleven two. I'm okay with playing them both. I like them both in tournaments. Um, so I will. Th- those are two of my favorite GPP plays, and then my other one is Shane Lowry at ninety two hundred. Um, hmm. You know, started off kind of like um, your Corey Connors and Rory and everybody else. You know, with not you know not a great week, but ended up you know. Finishing okay. Um, you know, he was, uh, uh, hang on, God. I don't know if paper does this to you or what, but I got like this cramp in my thigh ah, here.
0: Oh. He <laughs> right. finished 25th at the Masters. <laughs>
1: anyway. Um, but is in pretty good form heading in, you know, to this week. And, you know, obviously has won an open championship, you know, of course it's going to be known for wind and, weather and all that kind of stuff and you know a similar type course so I, I think Shane Lowry could get, be a good play down there at 9,200 so I like him an excellent ball striker um you know he, he's not going to show up putting on Bermuda so I get that but um six in the field in and greens and regulation top 20 in approach top 20 in ball striking so I like Shane Lowry there at 9,200 uh, so there you go Webb M and Lowry are my GPP plays Munoz is my cash play and Henley will be my
0: fade see i uh, I don't know man like i don't think you have enough you don't have enough southern boys down there that like know this grainy bermuda mess you're going with sung jay south korea you're going with ireland shane lowry you're fading the southern boy russell henley like i feel like you gotta have this is some grainy ass southern bermuda man you know how it is we play on this stuff it is yeah it is brutal
1: now I hear you. I'm just, those are the guys I like. I'm not necessarily, I don't care if they're from the South, uh,
0: but all right, hit me with I your, uh, st- hit me with, I started with the nine K range. You start with the AK, two tournament plays, a cash play and a fade. All
1: right. I'm going to do the AK and then I got to go get a beer because the paper and the, everything's going crazy in my system here and I need <laughs> to figure something out. Um, all right. So I will start with uh, near the bottom here. My cash play Actually, I say near the bottom. It is. It is on the bottom, and that is Zach Johnson at eight thousand. I, I think, you know, now he's a he's not a Southern boy, but he's he's a local Sea Allen guy, yeah. Um, a guy that we've seen play really well recently. Great ball striker. He's fourth in the field in approach. He's number one in the field in greens and regulation. Um, mm. puts fairly well in Bermuda. I mean, he's not you know he's not in the top twenty five percent of the field, but he's up there. Um, so, I like Zach Johnson there at 8,000 as a cash play. I think he's pretty safe. Um, I like Ian Poulter at 8,300. Another guy, and I'm bringing up another Euro, but, you know, he's another guy we've seen play really well on courses like this because he hasn't played here all that much. I think it was four years ago that he played here, and he finished um, T36 in 2017. But, um, you know, we've seen him do well on courses like Town, that kind of stuff. And so I think Poulter could be an interesting GPP play. I don't know if a whole lot of people will play him, but he finished, you know, he had that injury scare going into the Masters, still had a top 25 finish there. You know, he was T12 at the CJ Cup. Um, so I think Ian Poulter's interesting to me. I mean, he's not going to jump off the page for, at, at you stats wise, uh, but I don't care. I'll play him. And then my other GPP play. So you'll notice a lot of these guys are in the low 8,000 range, which I think you're going to have to go to especially if you're going to play guys like Webb and Sung Jay that I like them both. And that's Mackenzie Hughes, uh, somebody that we've hmm. seen obviously win here before. Um, you know, another, you know, as far you know, great scrambler, good putter on Bermuda. He's in great recent form. You look at his last few events, he's finished, you know, T7. The great Houston recent Open.
0: form. is a Well, is I don't, don't want to say great, but recent, he finished yeah.
1: top 10 at the Houston Open. I think he's just going to be kind of one of those under-the-radar past champions here that nobody's even going to look at in this $8,000 range when you got guys like Justin Rose, Kokrak, who everybody was on, Connors. I mean, a lot of people can take the Connors. I think those are great plays, especially Connors, but, you know, I'm not just going to give you the names that we always talk about. So I think Mackenzie Hughes at 8,100 is interesting. My fade is going to be at the top here, Mr. Dylan Fratelli at 8,800. I think that, you know, I could just see a letdown week for him. I could also see him being pretty high-owned in this range. So I will fade Mr. Fratelli. Hmm.
0: There you go. Well, my fade is also Mr. Fratelli. He is 116th in strokes gained putting on Bermuda over the last 50 rounds, 103rd in fairways gained over the last 24, 109th in approach play over the last 24, I think he comes off of a little bit of a letdown after after his week at Augusta. The the price increase probably based off the week in Augusta at eighty eight hundred. So I think I am with you there with with uh, with fortelli Um, now I guess in in these top two tiers, I, I'm I am going to eat some chalk. Maybe again, this is because I'm scared after what happened to me last week when I missed out on the chalk with DJ. So maybe this is just pure recency bias and fear from me. But um, in the top two tiers, I there's so many good names. I think there's a lot of good names in the 7K and 6K that I really, really like this week. And I can easily pivot if a couple of them are a little higher owned than others in DFS so I can like play, my, play who I want to play in the 9K and 8K range, regardless of ownership, and then, there's enough guys I like in the 7K and 6K that I can pivot. So I mean, my my cash play and one of my tournament plays is our boy Kiz, who I just don't pick all that often. So despite him being, you know, a friend of ours and a friend of the podcast, a multi guest, multi-time guest of the podcast, like I don't play him a lot. I, I try to actually find reasons not to play Kiz. But I'm gonna play Kiss here. Obviously, I love the history at uh, uh, at the RSM Classic. Former winner um, back in 2016. He, he's he's been a little boomer bust here, but I do love where the you know where the ball striking is right now. He's in the last 24 rounds. He's eighth in this field in strokes gained approach. He's scoring on par fours. Obviously, he's very familiar with this Bermuda. And I think he comes in. I think he comes in good form. The Masters is not a spot for Kiss. I wish it was. It'd be great him being a local guy. But the Masters is never a spot for Kiss. Kiss has told us that he thinks he's basically said like I can't. It would be damn near impossible for me to win the Masters. It's such a long golf course for him. So I don't put too much stock into his Masters finish right now, but. He's had a decent restart, and I love the upside and the price for Kisner at 8,600. I mean, I I would honestly rather have Kis than a lot of people priced higher than him. Um, I mean, you know, here at Sea Island, like, I would rather have him definitely above anybody in the 8K range. I'd rather have him over Neiman. I'd rather have him over Lowry. I'd rather have him over Day. I'd probably rather have him over a Fitzpatrick. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah. So I, I just, I, I think it's, I think he's a good play here, a safe play here. And then I'm going to go with the other, what I think is going to be a chalky play in this range as well. And Brian Harmon, little cock bite. I'm going to go with Brian Harmon. Love the, you know, love the form. He's played great since the restart. He's been making cuts. He's been, you know, making top 25s, top thirties, uh, a few top 10 or, you know, top 15s, if you will. Um, Bermuda guy, Hit, checks a lot of boxes in terms of accuracy, there, fairways, stuff like that. um Fourteenth year last year, thirty-second year before that, fourth in twenty eighteen. He's confident. He's playing good. This is a good spot for Brian Harmon. I like him at eighty five hundred. So those are my two tournament plays. Come on. Yeah. You good? You you got your paper situation worked out?
1: Mm. Things are are not happening well in the. Uh, internal system right but uh, mm. we're getting through
0: it nice sweet um <clears throat> all right let's move here let's move quickly 7k range a fade a cash play three tournament plays my fade is gonna be brendan todd who you know Can't should be <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i'm just
1: kidding i like brendan todd but...
0: yeah love brendan todd as a guy good good guy Uh, should be should be a good fit here he is a good fit here I don't love a lot of things I don't love the price in the top part of the 7k range I don't love the recent form he's not checking a lot of boxes even the boxes that Brennan Todd is supposed to check he's not really checking them at the moment a spotty course history here and the approach play really over the last 24 rounds not great so I think I'm going to avoid Brendan Todd A cash play for me, and and I think also a safe tournament play, if you want to pull the trigger on Denny McCarthy at 7,700, I think is for sure something to look at. He's gotten gotten increasingly better here at Sea Island in his three attempts. Started with a missed cut his first time out, finished eighth last year. He's coming off a fourth-place finish at the Bermuda, a sixth-place finish at the Sanderson Farms, a bunch of made cuts since the restart, checks the box in Bermuda, Checks the box in fairways, makes a lot of you know a lot of greens in regulation for Denny. Um, he is the second best putter in this field in strokes game putting on Bermuda over the last fifty rounds. So that means a lot to me this week. So I think Denny is your safest play um, in terms of cash. I'm going to go with Denny. I will. Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump down unofficially. I like Sam Burns as well. I think I think Sam Burns could be a chalky play, so I'm gonna avoid him officially. But unofficially, I need to let people know I like him. Uh, I like Austin Cook. Winner here just a couple of years ago. Hits a lot of fairways. Hits a lot of greens in regulation. We just saw him finish runner up at the Shriners. Follow that up with a with a, a T24 in Houston on a course that probably didn't suit him all that well. Um, you know, his Bermuda stats not great, but He's familiar enough he pulled it off here in uh, you know in 2018 I guess it was and then he had at11 in 2019 it was no fluke 61st last year I didn't love that but I like Austin Cook with the form he's coming in with. I think he's a good I think he's a solid play um, and then dropping down I'm gonna go with a ball striker and a horrible putter and I've been I've been riding him a lot in the offseason. And that's Emiliano Grillo making his tournament debut. But you look at that forecast, you look at those win conditions. Give me Emiliano Grillo, who just hits it in the center so much. Second in the field in strokes gained approach in the last 24, fifth in greens and regulation, Uh, checks a box in strokes gained par four scoring. Hasn't played here, but I mean, and and he's a terrible putter, period, like in all surfaces. but Bermuda's not his worst surface. Poe is actually his worst if you look historically. Uh, but actually, if you look over the last 50 rounds, he's actually gaining strokes in with Bermuda. So I think Grillo at 7,200 gives you some upside that, you know, in windy conditions, I really, really like Emiliano Grillo. And then I'm going to go with my boy, Henry Norlander. Norlander, um, fellow Championship retreat member. Fifth here last year. Runner-up in 2017, very familiar with the Bermuda surfaces, great ball striker again, windy conditions. You know, this could all change, like, maybe some of my, like, total love and adoration for some of these guys, like, may be lowered a little bit if, you know, if the wind dies down and it's looking more like it could just be a, a scoring fest with, like, Tyler Duncan saw last year at 19 under. But if the wind kicks up, I see this thing being more like a 14, 15 under. And, you know, and, and you just got to hit, you just got to hit these greens and then, you know, the the putts will fall. So um, I like Norlander there. So Norlander, Cook, and Grillo for me in tournaments, McCarthy and Cash, Todd is my fade.
1: All right. So I got a few different guys that I can throw in here, Um, but I'll start with my fade, which is also Brendan Todd. Um, (laughs) I mean, he's just not in great, but first off it's personal with me for him, you know, just, If anybody was in the nut hut, there was a little bet made between me and and David and Ben, and I thought that he would do better than Corey Connors and he failed miserably. Um, So, But I just don't like his play recently, and I'll be interested to see where his ownership is, but Brendan Todd is a fade for me there. Um, I like Sam Burns. He was one of my GPP plays. I think ownership could be higher on him, but I'm still fine with that. I'll eat the chalk there. I mean, you look at his stats, I mean, He's number yep. one in the field in ball striking, 11th in, in uh, par-5 scoring, fourth in greens in regulation. He's fourth in putting on Bermuda over his yep. last 100 rounds. So, I like it. everything about him looks really good, which is, you know, so if he's chalk, that's fine. I still think he can play him. Um, above him, though, at 7,900, Taylor Gooch interests me a little bit. He's another guy coming in in great recent form, has two top fives in his last three events. Um, you know, great around the greens. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily – you know, he's in the top half of the field putting on Bermuda. Um, but I think Gooch could be an interesting, maybe a little, little bit lower on play when he's sandwiched right there between a, a Zach Johnson, who we know has a lot of experience here, a C.T. Pan. The Gooch Pan, sandwich? The Gooch sandwich. You know, C.T. Pan's right beneath him, which everybody's going to want to love. Play C.T. Pan after the last I don't no, are they? Ugh. We'll see. He has a good finish, though. C.T. Pan's played well here, I think, the his one star. I think he was – top 15 or something um no he started three times he has a t13 a t6 and a missed cut so it's pretty good um so i like taylor gooch i like aaron wise at 7400 a guy that's sort of a forgotten man on tour and and i think that you know if you look at his game it is coming around i mean he's literally in the top third in the field in ball striking approach scrambling greens and regulation he's 12th in the field doesn't put historically that great on Bermuda, um, but he's been playing really well lately. I mean, you look at his his finishes. He was, you know, eleventh at the Houston Open. He was twenty sixth at the Bermuda. Can talk because of this paper at the hmm. Bermuda. Um, so I think Aaron Wise is trending in a good direction. So I like him as a low owned tournament play because nobody's going to play him. He's going to be super low owned. And I like HV3 in, in cash at 7,400. I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention HV3. And I think he's another guy that could have a, a fantastic week. that I think is just, you know, he's he finished 15th at the Houston Open. Um, he's a, he can score like crazy. He's got to avoid some of the bigger numbers. But um, if, if I kind of ran, run my model, which I don't really run specific models, but he literally is number one in the field when you look at everything outside of Bermuda putting. That's about the only thing that he's not going to yeah. check the box in. But everything else, he's, like, literally, like, top 15 in the field. Um, so, I like Harold Burnley III.
0: Yeah, I had him written down. I mean, as a, as a possible name, he checks some boxes. He's not great on grainy Bermuda. Um, but could that be overcome? Yes, I, I think it could. Uh, you know, a couple names in here just to note that appeared in that Jones Cup that we talked about, which is an amateur event, as well as the SEC um, SEC conference play and, and played well. You mentioned Sam Burns. We both like him. Jones Cup in 2017, he finished eighth in the Jones Cup. In 2017, he also finished ninth in the SEC individual results. You got uh, Will Gordon, who we like to affectionately call Taco Supreme in the nut hut um, for various reasons. Will Gordon's played quite well here as well in the Jones Cup in 2018, finished 15th and 2019, finished third in the SEC individual. Um, Matthew Naismith, a guy that we both kind of like. He's a South Carolina boy, Gamecock, grew up right around the street from us here in Aiken. He's played really well here at the Jones Cup a couple of years, as well as SEC play. So. Um, there's some good good players here with local ties that have competed maybe not you know maybe on a pga tour level but you know have plenty of familiarity with this golf course and may feel comfortable here and feel like this is a tournament that you know they get a they get a spot in that they need to take advantage of with only this and one other event before you know everything kind of comes to a close and we move on to hawaii so if they want some fedex cup points these young guns that have experience around sea island this is kind of the week to make that happen
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you there for sure.
0: Uh, All right, well, hit me with your 6K plays. Let's move on.
1: All right, well, I'll start near the top again here, and that is Patton Kazire at 6,800. I think he's a good play. Now, he is a local guy. He's a a Sea Island Southern boy. He's made the cut the last three times he's played here. But he's been trending in the right direction also. I mean, you look at – his past few events, um, you know, he finished 11th at the Houston Open. Mm-hmm. He finished top 25 at the Shriners. So, he's starting to kind of come around with a, with a you know, a better game. We saw him, you know, in the past when he's won on tour. It seems to be in the fall for some reason. I don't, I don't know why that is. But for him, he's, he's played well in the fall. Yeah. So, I like Kazire at 6,800. Weaker fields. Well, for sure. I mean. and, and this is – this isn't necessarily a weaker field, but in this 6K range, there are a ton of guys. There's several kind of web doc or not whatever it is, Corn Fairy Tour guys and, and so are traditionally, you know, Corn Fairy guys. Um, but I think, you know, Kazire can score. Um, you know, he's top ten in the field and putting on Bermuda, so he's obviously used to that and comfortable with putting on Bermuda, so I like him. Um, you know, another guy that I just think – I don't know – I don't know why he just he just pops at certain times for me, but so that's Richie Wierenski. He puts well in yeah, Bermuda. Yeah, look at that.
0: He's a big uh, time Bermuda guy.
1: Yeah, I think he could be a guy that could be good this week at 6,700. And then, well, you you go with yours. I got one more guy, but I'm going to wait for him. So you you go.
0: All right, I got a few. I'm going to start with a not Southern guy up at the top, and that's uh, James Hahn. Uh, I love me some James Hahn usually when he's in the field, Um, but he's at $6,900. I mean, the form is so good out of him with three top tens in his last four events, Shriners, uh, Corrales, and Safeway. Not a great Bermuda guy, but not one of the worst, but he hits a lot of fairways. He hits a lot of greens in regulation and, you know, decent. uh, He's got experience here. It's not great, but – a, a miscut last year, 17th in 2015 was the last time he played. But I like the form coming in. That's what I really like about Hahn and the upside. He's a he's a PJ Tour winner. I like a guy at 6,900 like that, comes in with a lot of form and a lot of upside, hitting the ball well, striking it well. I like James Hahn. I don't even want to say this name because what's going to happen is you're going to – I like Doug Kim. okay? F it. I like yes. Doug Kim who burned me at the Bermuda when you were all over him and I made fun of you and he finished 14th and I, I, I had egg on my face, but give me some Doug Gim this week. Can he I just, will probably trunk slam like a, like a punk.
1: Can I just say this while I'm eating my paper smoothie here? Sure. The only reason I only mentioned two and went to, to let you go was hoping that you were going to say Doug Gill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here you go. So, but he is definitely checking some boxes from the ball striking standpoint. Not as good on Bermuda, but ball striking is good. And, I, and you know, I mean, two 14th place finishes and a 23rd in his last five events shows me that Doug has – Doug – I just hate his name. Maybe it's his name. Who names a guy born like, I mean, what is Doug Gim? Probably like 24, 25.
1: Yeah, he's not very old.
0: Who names a guy in the last 25 years Doug? You know? Or Douglas? I don't even know. Maybe that's I think that's my hang up with him actually, is I hate his name. Well, he he looks like an he looks like a, a like an Aaron. He just needs to be like an Aaron. Aaron Gim. You know what I mean? Like he if he were Aaron Gim, I'd probably play him a lot more. I can't take Doug. It's just very weird.
1: You're offending then, all the Dugs out there right now.
0: No offense if you're well, but no, no, I'm 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 offending Dugs under the age of 25. Like if you're oh, okay. if you're a 35 okay. year old Doug, I get it. A 25 year old Doug, I don't understand that whatsoever. Um, now I'm gonna drop down to the low 6K. Michael Gligic, my boy, Gligic, Gligic. I've been on him a lot. He's played well in these weak field events. His recent form is solid. Checks a box in Bermuda. That's his best surface. Um, he's you know he's a longer, a little bit longer, but checks a lot of boxes. Greens and regulation. Iron plays good. Sixty four hundred. I think he's a good value. Your doppelganger, Hank Lebiota, has a great record here. Thirty second and a thirtieth place finish in the last two years. He likes this place. He's also got a, uh, I believe a, um, where's it? Yeah, he's got a Jones Cup and a. Nope, he's got a Jones Cup record here. Third place in 2015 at the Amateur Jones Cup event, 19th in 2016. So he's familiar with this golf course. Uh, I like Hank Lebiota here. And he comes in, you know, haven't had a decent finish. 16th at Bermuda, 21st at Corrales. Don't mind that whatsoever. Davis Thompson. Mm, Georgia boy. The number one amateur in the world, Georgia boy. Coming in with his, I believe, uh, second start at the RSM Classic, where he he finished 23rd last year at this event. Very familiar with Sea Island. He is a total stud. Won first place this year in the Jones Cup at Sea Island. Um, Won 15th in 2018 as a freaking really young kid. Um, I like Davis Thompson. He's got some familiarity. $6,300. And I think he honestly gives you top 20 upside, um, which that's that's tough to beat. One other name that I think you need to pay attention to is a guy who's been on the podcast before, and a buddy of a buddy of uh, of ours texted about him tonight. Not to you, but to me. Joey Garber shot a seven under today, I believe 63 in the Monday qualifier for this event. He lives here on Sea Island, practices here, plays here. Joey Garber, very familiar with Sea Island. He's not in the DraftKings field as of Monday night, but I think he will be added. So, depending on his price, you know, he had his PGA Tour card for a minute, lost it, he's been struggling here lately, but fires a 63 in the Monday Q, comes to a course he's familiar with. If he's like 64, 6,300 or below, I think he is an interesting play as well that offers a little bit of upside. Georgia boy long hair, well, went to University of Georgia from Michigan, um, an incredible head of hair on him, Mr. Joey Garber.
1: Okay, yeah, I don't mind that. Um, another guy I'll throw out there, too, we've seen play, you know, have some some decent starts lately is David Hearn at 6,600. He was T8 just a couple weeks ago at Bermuda. He did miss the cut at the Houston Open. But he's another guy that has great course history here. I mean, you look at it, he hasn't finished outside the top 30 in the last uh, five years playing here, with three of those being in the top 20. Um, so I think Hearn could be an, another just, you know, interesting play here. He's gained 25 strokes on the field over the last five years in this tournament. So uh, I'll throw him out there, and I'm also with you on Doug gym So there you go. Oh, can't believe it. old Doug, he's a good guy.
0: All right, let's kick it over to the sports book plays that are getting our attention here for the RSM Classic, lovely Sea Island, Georgia, the Gold Coast. Um, I'm going to kick it over. I'm going to start with a number on points bet. By the way, uh, if you want to sign up for points bet and you're in a legal state, I believe New Jersey, Indiana. Illinois, maybe Colorado, Tennessee, I don't know. I can't keep up. TJ 250 gives you a deposit bonus there. You check that out on PointsBet. Really fun game over there, but they have the traditional golf bets as well. Uh, Harris English is at 28 to one. That is probably the shortest that I will look to go um, for the RSM Classic is, is Harris English. Love the iron play. And, you know, I talked about this earlier, just the, you know, I realize his record here at the RSM is not great, but he does come into this year's event in form that we've not seen out of Harris English, maybe ever. So he comes in playing as good as he's ever played at a course he's very familiar with. And uh, 28 to one is, is what I like. Another player who also arrives in great form better form than he's come into in years past at this event is russell henley at 30 to 1 so i like russell henley here at 30 to 1 uh harris english at 28 those are the shorter numbers um and brian Harmon and kevin kisner i guess i'll say that too they're they're 40 they're shortish 45 to 1 well both short in stature but also short in terms of the odds this week, forty-five to one for both Harmon and Kiz, uh, Kiz' previous winner here. Both Georgia guys, very familiar, very good on these grainy Bermuda greens and around the greens. So forty-five to one. Those are on those are on DraftKings right now. Those are the better numbers on DraftKings if you want to grab those. I think those are going to get shorter. I mean, I could see Kiz and Harmon ending the week, you know, similar to you know, Poulter's number, uh, Lowry's number, Kokrak's number, who's all 35 to one. I think Harmon and Kisner I would take above all those guys um, and should be a little shorter. And I think we'll get shorter before the week is over.
1: Well, if, you know, one of the shorter guys I like, not in stature, but as far as odds are concerned, and that's Sun J M. I mean, he's 22 to one on DraftKings. Uh, he's 20 to one on points bet. Um, so I, I think Sun J.M., again, I mean, he's, he showed you last week what he could do and he's he's just a guy to miss fairways and is just an incredible scrambler. So I, I like Sung J M at twenty two to one. I mentioned Shane Lowry. He's great on Bermuda. F.S. Loves Bermuda. Yeah. I, I mentioned Shane Lowry, I like him at thirty five to one on the shorter end. Um, I'm a, I'm, I don't mind the kiz and Harmon plays. Um, but you're still getting a guy like Munoz at forty five to one. I mean but, but, he's just uh, I mean, I why, think that's why a good number. would you not number. take the
0: same money that you have spent on Munoz and put it on a guy like Kiss? He's just as good as Munoz, has the same winning upside, if not if not more. Has won here before. I don't like the value on Munoz at forty five to one. I know he's playing I well. Do. He is and playing I well. I actually I
1: think he's he's got a better chance to win than Kids does.
0: No, no Kiz way. Has not
1: played near as good as is is Sebastian has in the last like like for a while. Uh,
0: Okay, okay, but Kit, I mean Kit, it's not like he's been playing terrible, but he comes to a course that is better suited for his game, which, you know, Munoz is a longer hitter, so most of the, most of the tournaments he plays are going to be ideal for him. I mean, don't forget, dude, since the restart, Kiz has had two third place finishes and a fourth. Like he's had high finishes. One of them was at the Wyndham, which is to me kind of a similar event as here or course layout 19th at the PGA championship. I mean, 25th at the St. Jude. That's a, that's a tough field. I mean, it's, it's not a 25th at the BMW at Olympia fields, a tough golf course, 14th at the Zozo. I mean, I, what are you talking about? Like kids has played very, very well. I agree. Sebastian Munoz has played very well, but Kiz has still had a great, you know, since the restart, he's, he's been solid. He's been a little boom or bust. I mean, but, but Boomer, I don't think
1: it's a that. This is like a something I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get into an argument, to be honest. I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to I get you Kiz into is, an argument.
0: Why won't you argue with me?
1: Because I'm not gonna do it. I mean, I think Munoz is a better player than Kids, but I'm not gonna sit there and like. Whoa, you think he's a better be, player? Like, I don't overall? think he's a better player. I think he's a better play than Kids is this week. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna sit there and argue about it. Whatever.
0: Well, and I'm Moving not denying on, Munoz's form. I'm not denying his form. His form is fantastic. I, I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, I mean, Kiz's experience here, his familiarity with this golf course, lived here for a time, gets instruction here from time to time, knows his place very well. Bermuda, he knows – and I know Munoz is good on Bermuda, but Kiz knows this grainy Bermuda as good as anybody. And I, I just – I think the, the floor is higher for Kiz. And I think the upside is higher for Kiz.
1: I don't care about the floor in my betting. I just care about the upside. And I think Munoz I think the upside down, is, so.
0: is higher. I, I actually still think it's higher than Munoz, despite how good Munoz is playing. Okay.
1: Anyway, uh, another guy I like is Sam Burns, who I mentioned, uh, you know, in the DFS portion. I like him at sixty to one. I, th- I just thought just crossed my mind too is you know he won on the web.com tour the savannah golf championship right mm-hmm. around the corner from me on a very similar course uh the rainy to what they're Bermuda, gonna be playing coastal
0: yeah. yeah
1: so i mean you know i think burns is just such a great fit this week so i like him at 60 to 1.
0: yeah i like um
1: that. i like um you know i mentioned hv3 he's at 70 to 1. i just feel like that kid has got to
0: when is he gonna win. freaking win a golf tournament though i know. he's gotta win <laughs> like, one man
1: I, and it it could come this week.
0: So he I mean, has to win a golf tournament. Yeah, I think
1: Denny McCarthy at eighty five to one is a very interesting number. Like in any other field, like you take out some of these top names that they got this week, he's way shorter than that. If
0: I this think. were your your normal RSM field, Denny is much shorter. Yeah, I you agree. know, I, I get that you're getting a lot of good players that. But I, I do like the number at 85 to one. I think that number, I mean, maybe by the time people are even listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, that number is going to be shorter. Yeah.
1: Um, a couple more here, um, going a little bit longer. I think Russell Knox is interesting at 100 to one. Um, yeah. We've seen him play pretty well recently. Kind yep. of traditionally, we know him as a good win player. Um, so I like him as well. And Very then going a little bit win. longer. Uh, Added Wyndham some Clark, yeah, he did. Wyndham Clark at 150 to one. Boom! We just saw him almost win a tournament. Now he's going to be yeah. spotty, but that's why he's 150 to one. But I still think that uh you know he could be one of those guys that just pops based off just the you know having a chance a few weeks ago. And um you know Bermuda was playing, if I remember, wasn't it? I mean, I know it was a coastal course, but wasn't it pretty windy, or was it not that? It wasn't it terrible,
0: went- but I, I don't – I just don't like it when a guy like that, like they're, the thing that they do best, or at least one of the things that they do best, is kind of neutralized. And for him, that's distance. Now, yeah, Wyndham does. Clark he- is a great putter. He's actually – a lot of people don't understand how good of a putter Wyndham Clark is. He putts well. He hits it a long way. That's what he does. And I just don't love that that's a little bit neutralized here. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he should have won, honestly, at Bermuda, not Brian Gay and his self. He should not have won, but he didn't. Um, okay. Anybody else? That's it. Okay.
1: Anybody else for you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't gotten into my longer shot guys. Well, I had McCarthy written down. Love that. Uh, I had Knox written down 100 to one, like that. A couple other hundred to one names that I like and I mentioned them both in the DFS show, but I mean uh, or segment. Austin Cook at 10 to one is a defending champion. I like arriving in good form, having a couple good finishes here over the last five or six events. Um, accurate player, greens and reg. I, I like Austin Cook at 100 to one. And I love Henrik Norlander at 100 to one. I think you're getting him at the longest number he's going to be at this week. I think that number is going to shorten, um, especially if the wind continues to stay or project to stay up. Henrik Norlander is one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour, and a lot of different people would tell you that. He's a great iron player, accurate off the tee, very familiar with Sea Island. And I think if, if Henrik's looking at this forecast, he's licking his chops. He's one of the guys at, at Sea Island right now, looking at the forecast going, yeah, come on, bring the wind, bring the wind, because that plays into what he does best and, and that is ball striking. He's not a great putter, not a great chipper, he's a ball striker. So I love Norlander at 100-1. And then a couple names, two or three names I mentioned um, earlier. I like James Hahn at 150 to 1. I love the the winning upside for James Hahn. I mean, you guys realize James Hahn has won PJ Tour events. He's competed in PJ Tour like nearly lost PJ Tour events over the years. he's, he's, he's a, a grizzled veteran, not known for his Bermuda play, but it's not awful. They're definitely worse Bermuda players. And he comes in with three top tens in his last four events. I love that about James Hahn. Um, and, and guys like him are these guys that arrive at at tournaments like this with two events left in this you know fall season to get to rack up FedEx Cup points. They're motivated, they're ready to go. This thing means a lot. So I like him at 150 to one. You mentioned David Hearn in the DFS segment. I like David Hearn at 250 to one. Another guy who's contended down the stretch on a Sunday late in PGA tour events, grizzled veteran. I think if he can get there on late on a Sunday, he's not going to collapse. And then finally, big time, long shot, 300 to one, Hank Lebiota, you know, two, two decent finishes here. A lot of familiarity here showing up in the Jones cup amateur event and the uh, um, Yet yeah, no, just the Jones Cup amateur event played well there. He, great golf course for him; very familiar with it. Three hundred to one's a big number for a guy with that much familiarity with the golf course and recent history, or, or course history here, and form's not bad either. Now, I do like a couple top twenties. Do you have any top twenties, top tens?
1: No, right now I just looked at some of the outrights. So, um,
0: All right, you go. Three guys at – no. Four guys at 14 to 1. I like long shots for this top 20 thing. I'm not going to freaking give you a 6 to 1 top 20 name. 14 to 1, Davis Thompson, number one ranked amateur in the world. Georgia boy, uh, won the Jones Cup this year here at this tur- at this golf course. Very familiar with this course, 14 to 1. Nick Watney, Sea Island res- uh, practices here or, tr- or uh, gets coaching here, Nick Watney. You- He's a California guy, but very familiar with Sea Island, 14 to 1. JJ Spawn, 14 to 1, has had a good finish here at the RSM Classic. Well known ball striker. Love him in windy conditions. Also just had a baby, nappy factor for JJ Spawn, 14 to 1. And another name that is uh, somewhat familiar with this golf course due to Jones Cup stuff, and that is Chase Seifert, um, who played in the amateur event here back in the day. And and you know decent player, uh, young young player coming up on the PJ tour. He's at fourteen to one, and then ten to one. Hank lebiota who I just mentioned, and Michael Gligic at ten to one. Uh, Gligic's had some really strong finishes here lately and in good form. I like him as well uh, for top twenties. So there you go. That's the sportsbook preview. That's all I got, Pat. You got anything else? You good?
1: No, I'm good. Um... Still got a little bit of it left of my smoothie, but
0: uh, finish that bad boy up. We need all the course preview digested, rolling around in the old gut. You know what I mean? And then we're gonna need you to let the people know on Twitter maybe how that comes out tomorrow. And if you do happen to see like Bryson's name like like wrapped around a turd later,
1: I feel like Bryson's already in the in the tummy area, beating <laughs> beating balls around. <laughs>
0: Nice. Nice. All right. Well, you know what? Listen, we got one more, one more tournament of the year after this, uh, of 2020, the disastrous year that 2020 has been, we're going to have some good, uh, good, uh, interviews coming your way. We're gonna have a good time for the rest of 2020. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you to everybody who took in masters content. We had a ton of it. We appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to get it back going again for uh masters 2021 hopefully with patrons in just five months it's gonna be back which is fantastic um back-to-back masters i can't even believe it can't believe i'm saying that um but thanks for listening everybody we appreciate it have a great week give the video a thumbs up if you're listening on youtube leave us an itunes review if you don't mind if you're listening to podcasts on apple yeah may your screens be green tour junkies rsm classic see ya out